1: I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chaffin. Thank you for listening I'll Leave You With This. Please subscribe to our Patreon page. You can uh, hear all kinds of extras with uh, T.J. Miller on the road and Hell Gig stories and behind the scenes of a comedy club in Manhattan. So please support that. I could really use your support. So if you like this podcast, please uh, sign up for Patreon page. It's only like two bucks, and you can really kind of uh, get some extra stuff that I want to try to add. It's even getting better and better each week. So please support us, and uh, I'll give back, I promise. Yeah. So, so you know what's got me okay, oh, go ahead.
0: going today? <laughs> I read the 46th thing yeah. in the last month. It's like these things go in cycles. The Bringer Show.
1: Bringer Show, yes.
0: Do you want to talk about that today at all for a few minutes? Sure, go off. I'm, I'm here for
1: you. I'm here for you, man. This is okay. a cathartic podcast here. Okay.
0: The, the Bringer Show. Okay. Yes. Let me explain it to you. Okay. The Bringer Show was created years ago. <laughs> As an opportunity for people to get on stage, okay, that are not quite ready to crack a nine o'clock or the main show at a comedy club in Manhattan. Sorry to interrupt real quick. Yeah. Do you
1: Can you name some big comics that did bringer shows so people have an idea of the people that came through
0: bringer shows? Because I don't think people realize that. Oh, well. Yeah. You know, years ago, Artie Lang did a bringer show. Okay. Um... Jim Gaffigan tried to do a few. He wasn't very good at bringing. Yeah, he's not very uh, likable. <laughs> <laughs> um, he have a
1: lot of friends, just fans. <laughs> uh, but
0: I'm sure at one point or another they have brought people. Yeah, and yeah. to this day they're bringing people. Yeah, you know I noticed uh, uh, um, that. Well, I can name tons. I can
1: Pete Holmes, yeah, Borgati, yeah, and, you know, just pretty much anybody. Jim, Ga- just uh, Jim
0: Gaff, you know, Jim Gaffigan. He does town halls and the Borgata Casino yeah. and big casinos and stuff like that. If he couldn't bring because of his name, yeah. would they be paying him whatever money they pay him to do a show? No. So on some level. You're always bringing. Okay. Now, to counter this argument that, oh, back in the early days of comedy, the catch a rising star, the improv, the comic strip, uh, none of them did bringer shows. Of course. A, stand-up comedy was a lot newer back then in the, yeah. in the, like in the late 70s, yeah. early 80s, and there were not that many comics uh, around as there are today. And uh, uh, the other thing is that there were four or five tops comedy clubs in Manhattan. That was it. Four clubs. You have the same 8 million or 9 million p, whatever it is, in New York, and now there's 15 full-time clubs in Manhattan. Yeah. So it's... You know, this is how a lot of these clubs are able to survive.
1: So, why do you read Facebooks so early in the morning?
0: <laughs> I, you know what, it helps me crap in the morning. To be honest with you, sometimes when I can't get it out, you know, I read Facebook. You, you get and riled it becomes, up. You see the and bullshit And it becomes very easy. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, and then the other thing. Yeah. The other thing is. My argument is, do you think some of these comics, let's say we ended every bringer show on the planet tomorrow. Yeah. They're all gone. Okay. They're, it's only the regular nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11, whatever show it is. Okay. Most of these people ain't getting on anyway. It's still going to be the very top comics. So what you're doing is you're eliminating the opportunity for some people that do have that ability yeah. to to bring people and and um, and... and you know, build a career. Now, that being said, there are other ways to succeed in comedy. You don't have to do a bringer show. There are internships. There are, you know, uh, open mics and just do it that way. But there are people that. Well, are, why,
1: why do you think people get, like, comics? There's always once a week somebody's trying to diss Because on, on it's the always show.
0: someone who can't bring. <laughs> okay. You know, right. you don't hear the people that, you know, work in a law firm or work somewhere where they have a lot of friends and they can bring people. Well,
1: what's the best, like, um, path to, like, you know, become being a professional comedian so what what take me through that if you if you had to like lay it out a little bit for somebody what would you say what would you say
0: you it's it's like military it's like planning a military incursion into somewhere you plan you know we use our navy we use our air force the marines the (laughs) army and you know the we, coast guard. A, a coast guard we attack that yeah i don't want to get anybody angry at me here today and we attack it from a number of different angles the same way with making it as a comedian do your open mic yeah uh, um intern where you can it's
1: like art of war yeah yeah
0: produce your own show if you can and if there's one weekend where you have and friends coming for a reunion, and you want to perform in front of a, an audience at a, a comedy club—that's another one. But if you're only using the bringer show, of course you're going to run out of friends for a while. I, I did. That's how the bringer show got started.
1: I just think it's so petty to just like you know go after something in the art form, whether it be something that you don't agree with or something you feel you've grown out of. Like who cares? Like why are you coming at something that is you know helping well, the art it, form in a lot of ways that people act of like course. it's not? But it is. But I don't understand why people. Do comedy
0: clubs make money on? uh, On of course they do. Well, they have to pay the rent. uh, Let me explain one other thing. A little dirty secret about New York comedy. There's 15 comedy clubs in Manhattan. If these comedy clubs were not doing some no. form of new talent showcases, 10 of them would be out of business. So the same bigger <clears throat> comics that are complaining sometimes yep. about the uh, the bringer show, they would not be getting as many spots because there wouldn't be as many clubs in New York.
1: Alright, well, let me help your blood pressure for a minute. Oh, okay. I'll talk. No, okay. it's alright. You know. <laughs> so here's the deal. Here's how I see where comedy is going. And when I'm on the road a lot. And when Wait. I'm on the road, I'll talk to people and it's really funny how people think that certain comics you know are kind of draws and whatnot. and there's a lot of guys in New York and I don't want to you know list of too many names but a lot of them are passed at big clubs downtown uptown midtown guys that you know comedy central specials and late night appearances and none of them draw on the road i agree none of them there's guys that you think is your favorite comic and you think they're doing great and they just dropped a special and they're not drawing on we the road. we
0: in the business make a lot bigger deal about Comedian, New York City, special New York City, uh, and and we in the business tend to make a lot bigger deal of, of people uh, than than anybody. Yeah, there's very few household names. Exactly. Yeah. I'll give you an example. You know, we have a street team in Times Square. It's nowhere near as big as it once was. That whole thing is sort of dying off. And by the way, the guy who's talking about Tina Fey, and, and he doesn't work for me. He's the bane of every comedy. He's com- never done stand-up. Never done stand-up comedy. In this day and age, check a website for the official lineup. It's I agree. every day on our official lineup. Yeah. This guy does not work for me. He doesn't work for stand-up New York. York, he doesn't work for Dangerfield, any team that's involved in New York, kind of okay. doesn't involve... He so does people understand
1: what's happening, there's uh, a street team is, who sells tickets for a lot of the comedy clubs, and sometimes a, a person will go rogue and pretend they're with a team or a club, and then we they'll have say one these guy ridiculous print his things. own tickets! They'll say ridiculous names that are going to be at the club, so they can sell a ticket, and then some asshole comes to the club, and like, where's Tina Fey, she said
0: she was on, da da da, and We, then, don't, we don't condone yeah. this, we don't want, so, you know, yeah. the, the crappy Yelp review. Or or yeah. or nonsense at our box office, but this is okay. what goes on. So I want to, you know, you know, people are saying 15 years later, why do you still promote Tina? Fey? I don't promote Tina Fey. Here's the effect. Tina Fey does not do stand-up comedy. This guy does not work for us. Check to see if he's even licensed, because now they got to be licensed. Please, yeah, enough with the Tina Fey. <laughs>
1: No Tina Fey here tonight, everybody. Right. So I mean, you know, all right, so. It'll be a
0: bonanza if she decides to do stand-up comedy, because they all do it either yeah. on their way up or on their way down. So yeah. if that ever happens, she might
1: do stand-up comedy. She and might. trust
0: me, when she does stand-up comedy, we'll be the only club that won't have her. <laughs> <laughs>
1: After so, all that. Yeah, oh, I'm going to get even. All right, so you've been in comedy a long time. I've known you from the beginning of my comedy life. I feel like you I was a comedy embryo and you were there to be my surrogate mother and father. Oh, lovely for me. (laughs) It is lovely for you. I've known you forever. And the thing is, I came in through you through open mics and bringer shows and you know one back thing back to the bringer show thing i think you do bringer shows until you run out of people and then
0: right. when you run out of people you that find want, another you thing find another
1: do. way you elevate yourself to another level whether it be like you said running a show or you
0: started little rooms i did start,
1: well before that i cleaned the toilets That's and did right. whatever it you took turn swept, barked, swept you the stage whatever people don't do that anymore
0: is you, that exploitive a man maybe it is but it got you a, a it's career not, not it, you, it's you you, you put in two or three years yeah. of doing that, and you got a career that's messaging yeah. exactly. up. I mean, the New York Times. I don't mind that. If sure. you want to have a career in journalism, doesn't the prestigious New York Times use people as interns?
1: I have never <laughs> been happier than cleaning a toilet and doing five minutes, and I've been doing this.
0: That's right. <laughs> because Go, uh, it was uh, like Correale. I don't care. He's the, he's the one that
1: well, he's the one that gave me this. I, I took his job. Uh, he used yeah. to talk
0: about it uh, yeah. uh, right on the home page of his website. He used to flip yeah. burgers, uh, and uh, I at, took his job. The, I did at the, the same, new York Comedy the same Club, thing on a George Foreman, grill, yeah. whatever it was. No, we didn't made, have George
1: Foreman. We had a real kitchen. That's right. Back yeah. then, it was a yeah. real kitchen. We had a grill you know, and uh, probably the owners, of, the new
0: owners of New York Comedy, <laughs> Club. I have no idea that underneath their office area in the back, there's, <laughs> there's, a, a, there's a whole kitchen over there. <laughs> there's a stove we couldn't move out. There's a stove we couldn't <laughs> move out, so we just put a sta- well, was, we put a floor over it. It, it. was
1: hilarious because a floor. I think we just put it up a sheetrock around it. Yeah, that's it. We put
0: sheetrock a floor, and that was it. So there's some Nobody stove even knows what's around entombed over there That's and there might hilarious. be a body entombed in the show there might be
1: there's a few ghosts over there the ghost of Ozzy. sure yes yeah ozzy lurks around he's still hitting on women and
0: yes so <laughs> I, you know i just wanted to get that off my chest with the bringer show no
1: i i appreciate it and uh you've done a lot in comedy and i don't think a lot of people realize you know your you know kind of background in comedy and the, the people see you as this club owner and they see you as this guy that gripes and complains when people come after certain like new talent shows and stuff. But you know, you've done a lot in comedy. You've you were a comic yourself. You worked the road. You did, did the the evening at gigs. the improv. You, I, I, you've I, done I, I, a lot of radio I, shows. Yeah. Like you've done a lot. You've you've done. This is what always makes me laugh. It's like you know when the booker or the owner um, has a better resume than the comics that are complaining <laughs> yeah, right. that they can't get into the club. I'm always like, well, why would I give you you know a spot when I could just do your spot and I'm a more seasoned comic. You know, it's like a lot of people don't realize. Thank you. It's like it, the people behind it are talented as well. So, uh, Al Martin, everybody, owner of uh, Broadway Comedy Club, uh, Greenwich Village Comedy Club, and the original New York Comedy Club. I love Club. this
0: new studio we're in. For yeah, this show. is a great
1: studio. We are in your uh, your my car, Cadillac. Uh, yeah, all it's right, Cadillac. Cadillac, a Cadillac. Better be a Cadillac. You've gone through a lot of different cars. I remember uh, the Jaguar. If there were no, bring Bringer shows. This yeah. would be.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> be a Prius. Uh, this would be a Prius. <laughs> yes. Okay. You, All right. You so are Prius I, to be hilarious. I get the American curse. I work <laughs> yeah. hard. I take a lot of aggravation from from things. Now, but, but you also
1: you're a cab driver. Like you paid yes, your, dues in, you paid your right. dues in New York City. You paid your dues in New York City. And you didn't just nobody just gave you a club. I worked you know? at
0: McDonald's. I worked as a security yeah. guard in a housing complex. I did everything. So take I take
1: me through. Um, Opening, um, you know, your first club and kind of how you got to, like, you know, f- to the New York Comedy Club. Like, how did that sure, How did sure. that happen? So, I
0: was doing a show at 42nd uh, and Lex in a Hands in the basement. Hands, okay. Uh, and to get the audience in there, I would stand outside around 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon and bark. Get people coming off from Westchester who were going to spend the night in the city. And I would bark, uh, comedy show tonight, comedy show tonight. And then we would go and then we'd perform the show i would do everything i was barking i was uh my girlfriend would be at the box office i would set up the tables and chairs and the microphone and everything I, I actually brought a microphone and a and a speaker with me and uh after about you know we built up a nice little thing there after about six months i come in saturday to, to get ready to prepare for a show and the manager says no more comedy i go what what do you mean? I got 60 people coming tonight. No more comedy here. You can't do it. Uh, we had a reggae concert here last night, and there was a riot, and they don't want any outside producers uh, anymore. So now my girlfriend had to stand at the front. I told her, just stay here. I'll call you here at this payphone. There were no cell phones back then, you know? This is like 1990 or something like that. I went around looking on 2nd Avenue, and I hit 2nd Avenue and 48th Street. There was a bar on the first floor, an Irish pub called Olunny's. And on the second floor, they had a space. I asked the guy, do you have a space you're not using tonight? We have about 60 people you can bring in. This guy ejaculated at that moment he was so happy to get 60 (laughs) audience members coming in there so we we wound up doing the show we moved all our reservations over there to second and 48th about five six blocks away and we had a great show as a matter of fact one of the uh comics was a waitress so she handled Uh, the audience perfect perfect. and we wound up doing a show the owner was so happy he said you want to come back next saturday and we had a new home 48th and second we wound up staying there for five years Wow we added sat we had Saturday night we added a Friday night uh, Jim Mandrino started doing new material Wednesdays mm. Chris Mazzilli, who was a manager at the time pre- Gotham days he did a college night nice we did our open mic on Monday back then we would start at uh, five o'clock in the afternoon and run till 10 o'clock at night. Oh, wow. And I would bartend and check in the people and make the lineups for the week all on Monday night. And uh, it was a very different time. And, um, you know, then we stayed there for about five years. I was paying that guy. We wound up having a deal where we were paying him rent to have the space. Okay. And then all of a sudden, one day, I I get the mail, and it's, it's an eviction notice. Apparently, we were paying this landlord rent. Uh, But he wasn't paying, you know, we were paying the bar the rent, but he wasn't paying the landlord any of the rent. uh, So we were getting evicted from that space. And again, you know, that's when I moved a lot quicker in those. I guess when it came to money, I was moving around fast, (laughs) you know. And, uh, you know, like anybody else, I had bills to pay, a young kid, you know, was a seven, eight-year-old kid at the time. And uh, I had a hustle. So I wound up. Finding the space that we wound up moving into at 24th and 2nd. Okay. And uh, we moved in there in April, and it took every nickel I had left. I was living in a really roach-infested studio apartment at the time. Wow. And I put every nickel I had into opening the comedy club on 24th and 2nd. Legendary. I think I had eight hundred dollars left in the bank luckily we opened in prom season (laughs) and we we recouped may and june we recouped a lot of our uh investment and from there on new york comedy club took off with that room i'm very proud of it was the first comedy club in new york to have two separate showrooms oh wow okay and you remember when we had to redo the back of the club. Oh, yeah. Remember that?
1: Well, that tiny little space was right. hilarious. We
0: had that tiny li- you know. And <laughs> let me say something about the tiny little space. It was, it Everybody was like, would make fun of that tiny
1: little It was space. funny. Come on. It was oh, hilarious. It was, it was hilarious. It's one long road, It was hilarious. It was a bowling alley. It was hilarious.
0: Meanwhile, <laughs> when the guys at the stand opened up their club in Long Island City, it's it was thing. the same bowling alley. Effect, it was still but hilarious, was hip. It was still hilarious. You know, hilarious. 15 years later. Nobody said it was hip. It's still hilarious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody said that was hip either it's yeah. just when you're up there it's really funny because it's like you have like you don't know to two rows. To. yeah then you gotta go it's like a tennis match it's a tennis and, match and that's the thing about comedy it's just like and that's one and i never want you to feel like you know when comics are kind of some comics are mean and malicious but with me it's like like new york comedy club was it had you know great moments but it was also some ridiculous times of course Where like we had any, to deal every with, club has yeah exactly we like, like you know we had to deal with some element in comedy that uh, maybe you weren't ready for you know a drip in the ceiling or something well, I remember. and then it was like and that made you a stronger comic right, I you, you
0: had to be funny over something that happened in the club uh, i remember the day when uh, lucian uh, was at uh, the new york comedy club watching acts
1: lucian was uh, lucian uh, Holt, booker the, the uh, legendary uh,
0: movie, rest in peace booker over at the uh, uh, the comic strip uh he was watching for some reason he was watching an act or acts at the new york comedy club and one of our stupid leaks started occurring (laughs) and there he is in the middle of the room with an umbrella
1: open that's just rock and roll that's punk rock that's uh, That's cbgb's of comedy that's what i I call it it's hilarious i I wouldn't trade any of that
0: a, Al Martin never had fifty partners that were putting up exactly. uh, money each. Yeah, you never, you never had never the, fonds. you never the
1: improv backing you. Yeah, yeah I got I didn't you. Have I got any you. Serious
0: yeah. money backing me. I yeah, was A stupid know. comic that yeah. hit lightning, and I just tried the best I can. And yeah, sometimes was I was cheap. Of course I was cheap because I was spending my own money. If I yeah, had investors and I was spending their money, I wouldn't care what I did. Oh, I build a Taj Mahal. Oh, will it make money? Who cares? You See, know?
1: I, you know, I was. It's always. Better when you know a club is you know kind of like that where it has an element you got to deal with and so I think that oh, place yeah. made me funnier. It made me funnier. Exactly. And I remember one time being on stage. We had a little leaking problem. We fixed it eventually, but it was like you know there was a time when it was because it used to be what a Thai restaurant or something. It was, it was an was like a- Argentinian steakhouse okay. during the day. Okay.
0: And it was an after hours club at okay. night. Uh, before we took it, I remember a lot of customers coming in the front door. Yeah. You know who used to hang out there? A lot of New York Ranger hockey players. Oh, okay. I don't know how. They wound up at an Argentinian steakhouse after chicks. hours place. Yeah, so I remember when we Latin were cleaning chicks. out the place. There were slot machines in the basement. Really? Condoms, <laughs> syringes. I don't know what the hell wow. was going on. That's in that a good basement, time. But
1: that basement was hilarious. Yeah, it's very it's so big. It scared the shit out of me because I was. Yeah, it bus had boy. a lot of a lot of. It, was, it could have been had used by there. Hitler as a bunker. During I, it World was War something going on down there. But uh, but that's the thing. But I think those ceilings were wood or something. And that's at some point you had to redo the, it was the whole ceiling. That's why it was raining. Yeah. Yeah. What's the thing with New York? It's like, you got to deal with it. But that's the thing it's like, it makes you funnier, you know? Yeah. And then
0: we went from there and we opened up Broadway Comedy Club and, you know, we, you know. Again, listen, I, I get it already after all these years in the business. I'm not the i I'm not the club owner that everybody's just gonna love. They love to, to rag on the same not, and it's not even creative stuff. How many times do I have to hear that the basement looks like a cafeteria? We know that already, but is it a cafeteria <laughs> that's packed with an audience whenever you come in and you could get to work out your but material? You sh-
1: you've shit on places sometimes of so You I get, do. It. No, comic, I get it. You're a comic, you're a comic, you get it. I, I think get you it. can't yeah, you can't get mad at that. You you just get mad at you know people that are just like mean which I, that's how I feel if you're mean you come at somebody who helped you and well, that's a whole nother thing I mean, that's a whole nother of, thing what know. does affect you but the things that comics say that that really uh, uh, affect you like,
0: like for instance you know what it really bothers me. I can understand right. if I'm not booking somebody. Okay. If I'm not booking somebody, and then they get, they say comments about me. That's to be expected. Sure. But there was a comic. I'm not kidding you. When we first opened the Broadway Comedy Club, back then it was at the Improv. You know, we were giving a, a particular comic, uh, maybe. 10 15 spots a week paid all paid spots and we were paying the same as everybody else you yeah. know it's no secret what the comics are pretty much getting paid maybe the seller pays a little more than everybody but everybody else we were paying the same amount
1: only because you opened up next to them,
0: right well that's <laughs> years later that's, that's they were Martin. paying the same before yeah they were yeah but, but
1: you the, made them but you you made that club better than it's ever been uh, yeah of yeah. course i did <laughs> we'll get that in a couple of minutes,
0: I made the all all you guys that are getting six hundred spots a week at the cellar, yeah. and you're running from uh, the black pussycat cat to the to the to the underground cave or whatever wherever you're running to back and forth. Thank me for it, yeah, okay? Absolutely. Because the owner of that club was so upset with me, okay, that he just started opening up rooms because yeah. he's blaming everything on my street team. Yeah. All right. All right. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so this one guy, we're giving him 15 spots a week, right? I forget, I'll name names. I don't care. Yeah. But we were giving right. him 15. He gets on his own podcast. Say his name. And, uh, Christian Finnegan. Okay. Okay? All right. He starts out, He's he, you know, uh, and then he starts carrying on. I just don't understand that improv comedy club. I don't understand why they have to put on new comedians on every mm, show. Interesting. All right. So here's the same so problem. So you know, Okay. It's those comics that you uh, probably go on another podcast and complain about bringer shows. So you want to close up the bringer show avenue to them. But if a comic is seating people and interning and I give him five minutes on a pro show to get better, that you have a beef with. Mm. Okay? So we all have our shtick. okay? Sure. But this guy starts his comment by saying, you know... I work at a club in the city, Broadway Comedy Club. I love that room, but you see comics, here's the thing. Whenever you say something and you get to the (laughs) butt, just lose the thought because it's never going to be good for you. It's never going to do anything good. And he then goes on to trash the room because we're putting on some newer comics as well. Uh, God forbid we should have an opportunity to develop some new young talent, and we give them that opportunity. And they're not bringing anybody. So now people have a complaint with that. Well, it's
1: the weirdest thing, because I had the same situation, because, you know, I book and, you know, run your other club in Greenwich Village, and it was just like he... You know, he had a problem with that club because the same thing. He said he just felt like there were too many young comics on the show, and it was just like, "What is wrong with you? Like, those were, young you ever a, are now were you, at you the ever seller. a young comic? Yeah, those and young comics exactly. are at the seller. It's like they're all passive the cellar. And it's like, and the funny thing is, is his wife opened a yeah, comedy that's what club. I was just, just going to say. <laughs> Isn't his wife doing the and show? And it's all new comics. Yeah, like it's all new comics. So I don't understand. A hypocrisy that I don't understand goes on in that this business. business.
0: Oh, so by the, so the other part of yeah. that story and how I got to that particular. Guy was, he then started complaining. You know, Al, your street team is using my name to sell tickets oh, at, at, at at the Improv Comedy Club. I said, Christian, if you want, let's take your hundred dollars and I'll take a thousand dollars out. Okay, and my thousand to your hundred. If we ask twenty five people in Times Square who Christian Finnegan is, I guarantee you, no, eighty percent of them won't know who you are. Ninety five. Ninety five. So there you go. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, Here yeah, another perfect example of hypocrisy. Uh, Lisa Lampanelli, I like her. I was there in the beginning. I saw her, one of her first sets ever in Connecticut, okay? And she invites me down to the Friars Club one night, and she says to me, uh, Al, I'm doing a symposium with comedy club owners and, and, and people like that uh, <laughs> to, to give their opinion oh, on no. how to start in comedy. <laughs> okay. Would you come down and do it at the Friars Club? And I was a member. Of the, no, I was wanting to become a member of the okay. Friars. And I said, of course, I'll be glad to do it for you. I do it. She hugs me afterwards. Great. It was a great session. Everybody picked up a lot from it. Two weeks later, I had my application in at the Friars Club to join. Yeah. My sponsor calls me up and goes, did you ever have a problem with Lisa Lampanelli? What? I go, no, why? She's on the admissions committee, and apparently she's holding up you being allowed to join the Friars Club because you do bringer shows at your club. Oh,
1: my God. The bringers. Back to Again, the bringers. Again, to the bringers. Okay, <laughs>
0: let me explain something That's to you. That's insane. Okay, let me explain to you about bringers, okay? Okay. Caroline Hirsch is a member of the <laughs> Friars Club. Yes. Let's go, let's take the dirty little secret about Caroline's. Everybody, bringers, I'm going to expose bringers. it for you, okay? Sunday to Thursday, 90% of their shows are bringer shows, yeah. and they put on a couple of people to sprinkle it to make it look like a pro show, but they're bringers, and the majority of those people are being asked to bring everything. 8 to 10 to 15 people. So let's cut the nonsense out. Yeah, that
1: headline series you think you're doing. Oh, the headline series. Oh, you know what? We got a
0: dead Tuesday. You never see the headliner (laughs) series on a Saturday night, do you? You don't see it there because you got a tell or you got David Allen Greer. But when they don't get those guys on a Tuesday or Wednesday, it's the headliner series. When Al Martin does it, it's a bringer show. It's a crappy bringer show. Okay? But when Caroline's does it, it's the headliner series. Get to see your big fat puss on the door of Caroline's on a $4 poster. And you want to know that's uh, Sometimes hilarious. a little angry Okay Well you
1: know It's like <laughs> it's, But that's the thing Is it's like You know Lampanelli It's like that Like that kind of shit Is Why ridiculous you do that to me You're rapping to her though right Now huh? she's Now she's like You know she had all these Crazy videos yeah, online no, And I don't now she's know. a motivational you know, I don't, I have, speaker I don't, I don't think I
0: have an issue with her But you never know I don't know. have an issue with You it. never know who you're at war with At yeah. any one time in comedy And you know Just be uh,
1: straight up Like you know I think you and I Are pretty good You know At being a dick to who we want to be a dick to, oh, yeah. and then like we're not necessarily hiding the fact. Oh, yeah. And it's like don't, but don't pretend to be my buddy and then do something like that. Yeah, like,
0: uh, you, uh, give you another one, Dove off. Right?
1: Oh, here we go.
0: I'm on <laughs> I'm on West Third Street. Remember that brief period of time when we were running the Boston? Comedy yes, Club? Boston Comedy the Club. The last few years. Yeah, yeah, Before yeah. they finally sold the building, it was actually
1: good the last few years. Yeah, we had a <laughs> lot of fun. Yeah, we actually <laughs> it was, turned it into a business. We did. We it turned a, it around. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs>
0: the Boston Comedy Club. Uh, uh, we were running that, and I see Dove David off outside one day. Al, how are you? How's everything? I, 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 I got to stop by and do your show and blah, blah, blah. I mean, the guy couldn't have been any nicer and any friendlier. I find out three days later, he's at a meeting of the Comedy Coalition. Remember uh, that? Yeah. And he's trashing me. Al Martin is the worst thing in the world, blah, 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 You know, yeah. uh, I, 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 someone had a recording of it, and they played it for me. I couldn't believe it
1: was the funny this I don't know if you know this yeah. what I did at the coalition, but it's the funniest thing ever. So um, so we were we were running the Boston and the things with the Boston is we weren't we weren't getting the drinks. Right. You know, so we were, I mean, there was right. really no money coming in. And Barry right. Katz, you were, I don't even know why you were doing it because it was like you weren't really getting much off of that no, anyway. No, I wasn't getting yeah. anything out of it. Yeah. It was it a was place to put n- comedians put people, that had yeah. raised up our exactly. ranks and give them exactly. a reward. And it was good for me. I got cut my teeth in the whole comedy yeah. thing. You notice the yeah. theme, folks.
0: Yeah. Work with Al Martin, work for Al yeah. Martin. Maybe it takes is, care of you maybe later. Maybe yeah. there's an advantage in it to Al Martin. Yeah. Of course there is. But yeah. there's an advantage to you. You make a career out of it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, but, but yeah, I just, I'm getting all riled up thinking about that stuff. (laughs) I know, I'm toxic, right? (laughs) You're not toxic, it's just like, it's it's the truth, though, it's the truth. You know, it's
0: like when Al Martin... Oh, oh,
1: oh, here it is, let me go back, okay, so I'm at the coalition, right, so I walk in and it's like, uh, I'm the one representing Boston or whatever, right? and uh so i walk in and it's it's colin quinn it's like it's russ it's no it wasn't patrice it was ted alexandros those kind of guys and and then it was like and then it was like and then it was all these comics that nobody had ever seen they were just trying to latch on and be a part of this scene that they're not even into yet so i walk in and i look at colin i look at all the other guys and and then they, they said, um, Dustin Chaffin's here to speak on behalf of Boston. And I looked at him and I go, I'm sorry those development deals didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you guys are petty over $20. And I said, let me tell you something. Boston does not get the booze, so we're not changing our money because right. we don't get the booze. If we get the booze, then we change the money. We don't make that much money. And right. then everybody was like, oh, okay. And then it was And a then, then they cut out yeah. like
0: Delilah in, in, in the Laugh Lounge. Delilah. Oh, they gave her a pass because she's in, her room was in the middle of nowhere. So you're rewarding failure. I see what you're <laughs> You know, someone's <laughs> failing in the business. You know, in the middle of nowhere, let's reward yeah. her.
1: Because <laughs> she's, okay, she's not booking the right does, kind of lineup. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, she did. Debbie, that that club's down. That went under. Like, that was my ex. And we were supposed to open that club together. And then we broke Man. up right before, right before she opened it. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, she has to be in the middle of the Al Martin crossfire here. It happens. You know, listen, I don't.
1: She was a waitress early on. You took care of her, and then she learned from you. They all learn from you. They all learn from me. They they they
0: open their clubs, and then you know they get on the side while everybody badmouths me. (laughs) I'm the devil. Yeah. So.
1: um... So, what do you want to see from comedy? Like, what do you what do you see the future of comedy coming in? Like, you know, we're at two nineteen. We're going into the future. Uh, uh, like, what do you what do you how do you see like? Because because when I started, it was like after the boom. Right. You know what I mean? So it was just Like I felt like if I had just started, because I'm, I feel like I have an eighty style. It's like, it's like you know, stock, it's like the stock market. All right. You know? So where do you see comedy going right now?
0: The stock. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm
1: very worried about the future of stand-up comedy. Okay. You think it's going to be a lot of like people just watching it at home and or streaming it, like that kind of thing? I or? think
0: people still want to go to watch stand-up comedy live. Yeah. I, I, I think there's just so many comics that should not be doing it okay you know i mean they're just so you know i get people now and i guess we were complaining about this when we were all starting out like i'll never forget i I did a set and i got a great laugh one of my first sets i watched that set like years later and i cringed yeah i can't believe anybody should have thought i i I should be on a stage but always remember when you approach a club owner Mm -hmm. and you say to them i want to work your stage Okay, and you need to put me up because I'm great. Look at my current lineup and tell me, who am I supposed to take off here? Am I supposed to take Marina Franklin off? Or am I supposed to take Mike Becky? off? Okay, well, off let's back up a Ryan little. Ryan McFadden or Dustin Chafin?
1: Okay, I mean, so what is the best way for – let's say – okay, let's break it down. Okay. Yeah there's let's say there's a guy who maybe he cut his teeth on the road maybe he's been working a little bit he's more of an established person he's right. not a brand new open mic kind of right. comic so what how does this person like that approach working,
0: you in, uh, no, no disrespect intended. he's been working like texas and oklahoma yeah or like now firehouses
1: said, or long Island, or you know a guy no, that person, a guy that knows what he's doing right. how does a guy that know what he's doing or a woman like how no, do they approach you what's I the still, best way
0: i'm still of the opinion that there are really two kind of acts in the world you know uh, actually three you know? okay one is what I call the the, the city act in Manhattan they, okay they know how to play to a New York City or a Los Angeles yeah. or a big city crowd Philadelphia, okay Boston whatever yeah and those guys have their their thing then there are road comics who are never they could be the funniest guys in the world But the stuff they're talking about ain't going to cut it with a New York City type of audience. That's true. You know, you can't succeed talking about a rocket ship flying out of your ass, you know? I mean, it's just not going to work. Yeah. And then there's the third comic that can really kind of inter interweave on both and they can do
1: both. And that's me because I feel like you gave me an opportunity to get so many city spots and then let me have the you know you let me leave and do stuff so on the road. So it's like like yeah, I think you need to don't be you shouldn't be, you know, lost out on the road. But I'm talking about I'm just saying like Okay, let's say somebody that does know how to work the city and the road. Right. Like, how do they approach you? I'm just talking about comedy etiquette. I think the best way- What's the best comedy don't etiquette? Don't inundate me with your videos. Okay. Don't
0: inundate me. Comic reference. Comic reference. Someone that's working for me already. Cause that's what I say, Because comedians very rarely will want to give a recommendation. They
1: want to put their name on just anybody. They
0: don't want to put their name on just anybody, you know, and- um, they very rarely do it. I mean, if I take all the guys that I've known and worked for years, very rarely will they come to me. And when they do, it's usually a home run. Yeah. The act is usually a home run. They, 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 you know, hit me with good people, you know. And so that's, you know, sit there all day long and do your videos and whatever. The, really the way to get me to pay attention is get someone that I respect and have them, you know, are you getting my good side? I At am. Least I'm getting your good side. Um, <laughs> you I love you. you have your sunglasses on. I love you your sunglasses. You're looking a while <laughs> for that good side. <laughs> I don't blame you. I, I haven't looked in a mirror, so right, it's going to take a while see, to if find it. Would you, a you good act side.
1: natural? We're talking about comedy etiquette. You know, right. So, so, so let's comedy, do that again.
0: The comedy <laughs> etiquette is basically. Do um, you know? Get a recommendation from a top comic. That's always a great start. And make sure you could do the time that you're advertising. Don't tell me you could do 20 minutes and you're doing, you know. Because when a comic says to me, "I do a great 20," that means he does 10. (laughs) So true. And when they say they do 40, they do 30. You know, they never do as much as what they think. And don't and don't think I haven't heard every nonsense. Thing in thirty years in comedy. I've heard everything. I know all the nonsense. So don't try to get over on me. I know what I know what what's going on. <laughs> okay.
1: You do. You have that. Uh, you know. You have that comedy history that people yeah, don't. Got
0: cameras all over the place. I can see who's la- who's getting laughs. I know yeah. who's getting laughs and who's not.
1: And- you have the audio too. <laughs> <laughs> that's always that's always the thing. We're always like, is that got audio on that camera? <laughs> <laughs> The green room is always very funny, watching people... Yeah. Pacing, but people that you, yeah. you know
0: have 17 TV credits and they're yeah. wonderful comedians. Sure. and They're pacing back and forth like you know this audience out there is going to be their last. Oh,
1: I don't or care. Or I don't care how long I've been <laughs> doing comedy. I've been doing it over 20 years and I still get, I still get the nerves. I still get of like I, I, I get a, I get excited I get, and weird and like what's going on? I get away from me! I need music. I need a coffee. I need. I have all this whole thing I have to do.
0: I did a weekend last year in Atlantic City and I was a nervous wreck. You know, preparing for it. But then it went well when I got up there. As a matter of fact, I was surprised that people that have been doing it all the time were not doing as well. I think yeah, this, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of young comics are getting a, a pass nowadays from somebody yeah. who's telling them or convincing them they're that good. We've settled for lower standards. In well, comedy.
1: I I agree. I you know i uh, this is this is funny with me because it's like you know you know running your clubs and stuff. I feel like it, my statement is. I don't care if you're an asshole. I mean, I don't want you to be an asshole, and I want you to make sure you show up on time, make sure that you don't, like, you know, you're not toxic to the other comics, you're not a dick to the managers and all that stuff. However, if you crush... I will let you be a little difficult. If you're a comic right. that comes in and crushes all the time, I, I really will well, still, I will not I will not, not book you unless you're a complete asshole. Yeah. But it's like, but but that's all you have to do in my world. Yeah, I mean, I'm going
0: to date myself with this analogy, yeah. but, like, someone once asked the Yankee manager, Ralph Houck, in the 1960s, they go, why do you let, in the early 60s, late something like that, why do you let Mickey Mantle take off? Well, <laughs> like, he doesn't have to take batting practice. Hilarious. They said if you, and, and, and how said, if you win three batting titles or home run championships or you're the triple crown winner and you're as good as Mickey Mantle, you don't have to take batting practice.
1: Exactly.
0: Same thing here. If you're a great comic and you're, cr- look, the first and foremost thing is I do want my audience to laugh. Yeah. But if you're a person that can make my audience laugh and you're not really a pain in the ass, you come in, you do, you go up, you do your spot, you know. Uh, you don't break chops in the place all the time. You don't make yourself like when I see you, I want to throw up. You know, I mean, then, you know, you you have the better chance to make it.
1: But let's talk about crushing. Yeah. Like let's talk about what that is, and because it's like, because I, I came up through you know New York Comedy Club, and you know New York Comedy Club when you ran it, it was a, it was a different experience. It was more. You you kind of were as good as your last set sometimes. Like you really had to bring it in that room because it was sometimes oh, yeah. a difficult room. Yeah. Sometimes it would be late shows. Sometimes it would be you know very diverse, and sometimes it would be a little rowdy. And so you really had to bring it. And I remember following guys, you know, like Will Silvans and like Pete Corielli and guys that just really crushed the crowds. And it's just like Keith Robinson. Keith Robinson, you know, there's just like so many like good Rod comics. Mary. Todd uh, Barry, perfect jokes, Mark Maron. Mark Maron, Mark like there's so many great comics coming through a tell know, all the time. Guys, you know, like, yeah, a tell all the time on your shows, know, on your shows know, that is. people don't realize like <laughs> you were given a tell spots before a lot of people.
0: He was a great yeah. comic, and I yeah. still think he's <laughs> the best club comic around today. Absolutely, I to say he's one of the best cl- uh, comics. Period.
1: Yeah, 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 he's definitely. He still writes great Bill jokes. Burr. Bill Burr, Billy Burr back then.
0: Billy Burr. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, now I'm on Facebook and Bill is at every comedy club in Manhattan except Broadway. I don't know. What, what, like, what happened there? Well, I don't know. Well,
1: the funniest, did you hear that thing? He went over to LOL. Yeah, he went to LOL. <laughs> yeah, he even, he even to LOL. <laughs>
0: Bill, if you're listening to this, please come to Broadway. We would love you there. We we all
1: know who you are. We
0: all know who you are. Well, maybe my kid, though. Who knows? Yeah. You know, but I know who you are.
1: She'll know know Bill Burr, yeah. But that's the thing. It's just like, um, you know, but you had to crush. You had to earn your spot. And it's like, I don't think a lot of that happens anymore. It's like comics get a pass for just being, you know, somebody somebody accepting the comedy they do, and then, whether it be the industry, whether it be like a Comedy oh, Central me. Network yeah, or something, yeah, and then they get something and they think that's all they have to do is the keep line, doing that.
0: The line has also become very blurred, okay? Yeah. There, to me, there still is a difference between between being uh, passed to be on a house show and being uh, on a produced show. Yeah. I'll get people, you know, first of all, there are clubs in the city. You don't even know what the house show is. Is there yeah, a yeah, house yeah. show? Sure. Or are they just all sort of produce shows and they put a couple of, solid comics on it to make it look good to make it look like a house show but you know don't tell me because you did a produced show that you're past at Broadway or a comic strip because I know it's nonsense well the
1: best is like every Facebook profile picture is somebody you know performing at the cellar and you're like you know, I know that is a class you took of course (laughs) it used to be it used to be bookers on the road would get a, a, a Caroline's video yeah. back in the day. Yeah, they knew absolutely. it wasn't
0: a Caroline's uh, legitimate video. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. from one of their amateur shows. Look, you're not fooling anybody. A good seasoned booker could watch your video and in 30 seconds know what level you're at. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I think The it's it's... tough
0: one for me always becomes, and as a booker you must face this all the time, is trying to strike that balance between... The people you know for years have done a great job for you. Yeah, you know guys like for me like Wally Collins and Greg Regal and and um, you know Brian Scott McFan, These guys who've done great jobs. Like, how do you mix in the newer people that you know deserve to get their shot also? Yeah, without. Taken away from them. That's that's the trick.
1: Well, the trick is – well, the advantage you have with me, you know, being a part of your team, is that I'm in the trenches with these guys night after night. So I'm I'm at most of the clubs in the city and on the road and whatnot. So it's like I see – I see these young guys. I see guys that do well. And the thing is, is sometimes, you know, you don't see a lot of these guys, and I get to see them, and that's why I'm able to bring them into your fold. And then we have such good comics over at Greenwich Village and, you know, Comedy Club because, you know, uh, I will take notice. I'll see somebody at a club, and I'll say, okay, you're funny and whatever. And I have a standard, a very high standard. Of comedy And so it's like My thing is I'm a I'm a strong comic So if, if you're not A strong comic I really have nothing To do with you I don't care right. You know I'm in a relationship So I don't care About your boobs I you know I don't like You know It's like, right. Right. like I don't, You, you really gotta s- Yeah you gotta Sell me on your talent Like it's not right. You're not gonna impress me By how nice you are to me Or how much you kiss ass And But there is something To my What I see in comedy etiquette Is like Here's my deal When you come to a comedy club Like Like you know, you've, let's say you're a young aspiring comedian and you really want to get on a show. First of all, you know, walk up to whoever's in front, you know, whether that be a ticket seller, whether it be right. a manager, whether just ask who's in charge and you tell them you're a comedian, introduce yourself and ask to watch the show. Right. nobody needs you in the green room right. like if you're if you if you're yeah, a young right. comic just watch the show get a feel for what kind of club it is and how right. good the comics are and just watch the show and learn from the comedians right. and then you can edge yourself back after the show maybe ask you know hey I'm a comic or whatever but I hate it when comics like brand new they just launch right into the green room area right. they so try you know, to t- their backpacks, their so backpacks and by. their crap there and there's a waiter trying to get through like right. it's just come on it's just don't like we don't need an you annoyance. we don't need if we don't know who you are Then watch the show Right Like it's There's no need for you To be back there Bullshitting and kissing ass Because it's not going to Help your cause well,
0: and, and then I love the ones That send you uh, An unrequested video You didn't oh ask Oh my god to, You didn't ask them To send you anything They right? will go to they my send you stuff <laughs> And then they Hound oh my god. you Did you look oh at my, my video Not not like two Three weeks later Like a day later Did you look at my <laughs> video No Yeah. You know what Forget that I have to order supplies for the clubs or book next week's shows or review the yeah. lineups or look at the website. Uh, you know what? I'm going to put all that down for a person that I never asked to send me a video. And, and uh, you know, watch, uh, I'll take 10 minutes and watch your video now.
1: Exactly. And, I'm and not, it's like, don't hit my Facebook. Don't hit my, yeah, and people. I'm not saying that to be, you know,
0: a dick, you know, and, and say, oh, he's real douchey. He doesn't because comics don't look at it that you're not watching their set they like, can't he take three minutes to watch my video? Not when you're getting thirty of those videos a, a, a week. You know,
1: no, I can't. Well, here's the biggest thing, too. This is the this is my complaint. Since we're getting, going off here, it's like my whole thing is. It's not always on your time frame. So this is what drives me crazy is maybe I won't book somebody who's a pretty decent comic. Maybe they get an access TV credit. Maybe they're working. Maybe they're decent at best. And maybe I do think they're kind of funny, but I don't think they're as strong as as the roster I have. It's like then they get completely angry with me. Right. They ignore me. They, right. I, I see them in public. They don't want to talk to me. And the thing is, it's like I, there's tons of people. That and then, don't, then two bo-
0: weeks later, if somebody gets passed at the cellar. You have one or two roster yeah, spots that open it, up. It opens up.
1: Moves to LA or maybe or I see that you've gotten funnier. Right. And maybe I see that you've gotten credits or whatever. And then eventually I'll move you in. But don't right. just like create this like nah. fuck take you thing.
0: Out of the game. Yeah. Themselves.
1: They get so angry so quick. Right. And it's like go oh, fuck yourself. And I don't want to help you when you can when you're when you won't even talk to me because I'm not booking you now on your timeline. I'm not going to have anything to do with you later. You really have to learn there's a little of bit of course. like hobnobbing in this business. You got to be nice. And, and you got to be pleasant. I know you. You're not looking yeah.
0: for somebody to, to kiss your ass. No. You just it's like common sense, like any other business.
1: Just be nice. Yeah. 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 New lawyer be in normal law firm, you don't Be go fucking normal.
0: Yeah, the new lawyer in a law firm, you don't go up to the, the senior partner and say, can I have the biggest case here so I can make the most money? No. It but even if you do, but even if you do,
1: let's say you're in the mailroom and you go to you go to somebody in another department and you say, I'd really like to move up. And let's say, oh, really? You know, there's not really anything in the department right now. You don't ignore everybody from the next couple of years because you didn't get the promotion you wanted. You know? Yeah. <laughs> It's like you still pay your dues in the mailroom. Right. You know Maybe go to Go to class Maybe like get your degree Or whatever it is In comedy You know That you would get far as like Your rank up And then you You know Then you move forward
0: Absolutely
1: I don't know I just feel like It's just uh,
0: Why do I feel I've turned this Into me interviewing you No
1: <laughs> No Well we're in this no, together We're in this together You're together. not interviewing me It's like It's just We You know You started with this Like rant So I'm gonna give yeah. you My rant I'm yeah. under your umbrella
0: uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, people always say to me, "Ah, oh, why yeah. are you ranting all the time? Yeah. Shouldn't you be happy?" You know, I'm a, listen. I'm a comedian at heart. You know, I'm yeah. miserable. You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm less miserable if you yeah. want to say say that. But there's always something I'm going to be angry about. You know, I'm.
1: Yeah, it happens. I think comedy is you know, just hey,
0: like, you know different things. Just like I, when I do it, it's like you know lopsided or greedy or something well, when someone takes the same thing i do and they do it oh they're so hip they're so it's <laughs> so chic
1: all right let me interview you a bit let me get back to you so i don't want you to i know how you are um yeah, so I'm what's what's uh who was the first comedian that you ever saw like when you saw like live comedy do you remember like who yes who was uh, it
0: George Wallace at the comic strip. Oh,
1: wow. Okay. I
0: went to the comic strip with a date. I must have been 19, 20 years old. I saw uh, the show was George Wallace, and Alan Combs was on that show. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was way back at the strip. Then I'd go to the improv, and uh, the same guys were working there. Um, who knows? I mean, I was at... I was
1: were you a good audience day. member? Were you a good laugher?
0: Yeah. And back then, you know, they had a lot of musical acts. Okay. Especially... Uh,
1: You've tried to do a little bit of that cabaret stuff yeah, yeah, at yeah, Broadway. Yeah, you know, we
0: have a full room dedicated uh, yeah. with it. But back then, they would they would interspace uh, like four comedians, and like there'd always be that guitar act. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know,
1: and when you uh, were watching the comedy shows, did you think you were going to be a comic? Was that kind of why you no, went to the shows? You were just enjoying no, it?
0: I always thought, you know, listen, I was always in the direction, or, or I used to do, uh, you know, fun comedy albums with friends of mine, Yeah, you know, taking off on the Robert Klein, George Carlin, uh, David Brenner back in those days. That's what they did in the early 80s. They made little albums. Yeah. And, you know, um, I was really into that stuff. And uh, But I never really ever thought I was going to be a comedian. I, I was sort of like was geared to either a lawyer or a businessman.
1: Okay. You got and to- I
0: guess I became a businessman that was a comic. So it kind of all came out in the end of the day. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Do you have uh before we go, do you have like any like crazy road stories or anything? Do you remember any? Of those uh being, yeah, well, I was
0: working with Bob Golub, you know, yeah. back in the I would say mid 90s, I was wearing this hideous hairpiece. You know, because I was in my early 30s and was losing my hair and and that was before the era when you know bald was kind of you know Michael Jordan brought it all out did he (laughs) yeah I think he was the big (laughs) hero for the bald guys you know Uh, before then you were bald you were screwed you know and so men were doing ridiculous things like getting hair weaves and stuff like that and I got this really bad hair weave and I used to work the road with Bob Golub a lot and Bob used to tell me stop wearing that stupid thing you're not fooling anybody (laughs) And I wouldn't stop with it. And one night, I had the damn thing off. And I woke up the next morning to put it on, and it was all gooey. Oh, no. You know what Mr. Gollum did? Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) He had a rough day at the bar after the show, couldn't meet anybody. (laughs) <laughs> and he used my hair weave as an orifice, I guess. Oh, you know? wow. The and old, the old jizz just, in the hairpiece. I couldn't use it, and I still had yeah. two shows to do Saturday. So I went up on stage without the hairpiece and uh, learned, uh, hey, I don't think I need this. I, li- I, I kind of liked it. <laughs> that is an awful road story. That's yeah. an <laughs> awful road story, but that was a true one.
1: Awful in the sense that like, somebody would do that to you your know, hair Listen, piece. For all the complaining in the
0: world I do, <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, comedy has been great for me me i really absolutely you know i i was able to provide a place for my kids to work and and, yeah. and prosper in their own way and enjoy what well, they do and, what would
1: you say to an aspiring comedian and like people out there that are maybe stuck or maybe whatever like what's what kind of message would you give out to comedians just
0: find a way to punch through picture yourself as a running back and you're playing the toughest defense in the world and you're fast, and you know you're fast, but you can't seem to crack that defense on the other side, well, just keep finding the way. Whether it's, you know, finding a way to be useful at the club or if you had a a car and you drive the headliner around and then they'll eventually recommend you to play. Just find a way to be useful. Get that chip off your shoulder. And I had that chip at one time. Oh, I'm funny. They should book me, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, you, no, this is a business, it's a tough business because comedians and I'm like that, we're socially awkward to begin with. Sure. We're not the greatest schmoozers, you know. No. <laughs> so, you know, you're asking someone to try to figure out a way to schmooze when inherently they don't have that ability. So try to get outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And just try to figure out a way besides your talent. To be useful to a particular booker.
1: Yeah, speaking of running backs, you excited about Le'Veon Bell?
0: (laughs) Very much so. I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm excited about sports for the first time in years. I got the Yankees doing well. The Mets had a little, you know, excitement there for a
1: while. Yeah, they might be in it.
0: Yeah, and uh, the Jets looking good, and the Giants don't look too bad. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the Knicks, forget it. Yeah.
1: You know. Very exciting And uh, so happy you did this today And it's always a oh, pleasure I'm, to be In your your team You know I feel like uh, you, this has been uh, It's been a fun journey Between it all the stuff been, we've done and 25 and, years Yeah, it's been a long time I, don't, uh, I think you started about yeah.
0: Nine, yeah. I can always judge Because yeah. 94 is when we opened The new New York comedy So, so, so it was like two,
1: two years after 95. that about 96, yeah. yeah. 96, Something yeah. like that. So, uh, yeah, I've been toting around. It's still here. still standing. We're still standing. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for well, listening. And uh, Yeah, you're sitting. <laughs> We're sitting in a Cadillac. <laughs> That's who we are now. The Cadillac. <laughs> Why not? You should drive a Cadillac. You've earned it. Yeah. You don't like the Cadillac no, reference? I'm
0: going to switch off the Cadillac. I've had, like, eight years in a row of Cadillacs. Yeah? I'm sick of them
1: already. Yeah? What do you want to get? I don't know. Something exciting? Any
0: recommendations, please email... <laughs> Rockstar. don't give up
1: my email please okay. don't do that yeah. Rockstar <laughs> you giving it out to enough out- people out- I don't out- I don't out- want out- I don't want people having so well, anyway you than me. <laughs> Thank you everybody. Uh this great Anybody being here with can Al make Martin. It. Al Audi Martin is a great equalizer. Al Martin is here for you guys. He's ready to do some bringer shows. So no, no, uh, no, pay your no, dues. No, no, pay your exactly. dues, people. <laughs> pay your dues somehow. It doesn't somehow. Doesn't have to be bringer shows, no, but there's nothing wrong with a few. Like don't you know I All had right. to pay my dues, so That's why right. shouldn't
0: you? What makes you
1: special? Exactly. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to I'll leave you with this. <laughs>